good to be in the house of God. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to move relatively quickly this morning. And for those of you who were with us over the last couple of weeks, you know we just finished the book of Revelation. We've moved into really a four-week series on relationships. However, that relationship piece will pick back up on August 7th. August 14th and August 21st, and so today we have a treat. We have Teen Challenge with us, and I'm going to be inviting them up in just a moment. So before we go there, real quick, some housekeeping kinds of stuff inside your worship folder, some quick announcements. Number one, today, immediately following service, and I fact, in fact, I hope very shortly you will smell bratwursts and burgers cooking. Uh, we're having just an afterglow right here. You can stick around, have a sausage, have a hamburger, have some fellowship. It's a donation basis only, so we invite you to make a donation, and that will be going towards our 2017 spring mission trip down to Arauco, Concepcion, Chile. And I would love for you to be a part by making contribution. Hey, and let's be generous. Someone say amen. Amen. We serve a generous God. Let's be like our Father. Hallelujah. Uh, there is in the back, immediately following service, a registration for the women's retreat. Ladies, stop back by there. Get one of the nice brochures. Uh, Are You Connected is the theme. Grab one of these. Register. You're going to want to be a part of that. It's going to be a great, great uh, ladies retreat. Fellas, you're not invited. Sorry. A uh, couple of other items there. Men's Workday, August 6th, instead of our men's breakfast at Gloria's, it's going to be men's breakfast. We're going to bring some stuff over to Teen Challenge. Hopefully they're going to help us do some cooking like they did last month. And we're going to finish, we're going to finish the fence that we've started over there, uh, working with a couple other churches and working with the Teen Challenge guys. So looking forward to that. That's going to be great, August 6th. Also, we have a block party, our normal annual all-church barbecue on August 28th. We're opening this thing to a block party. We're believing that we're going to re just really have our neighbors from the community come and be a part. How, how many of you think that sounds like an awesome idea? I just think it's great. And we're going to have just fun. It's going to be activity. We'll have a little time in worship, and then we're just going to eat food, play games, There'll probably be volleyball, softball. Plan to stay around for a while. We're going to be here like from 10 a.m. to 2 o'clock in the afternoon just hanging out. We might even have some water games like uh, a dunk tank. How many of you think it would be fun to dunk Pastor Matt in the dunk tank? All right, let me hear it a little louder. How many of you think it would be great if we dunked Pastor Dennis in the dunk tank? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> And I know I'm not getting in there, so that's good. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, we also are putting together a team right now to help assimilate family into the fellowship. We have many new family members. We're looking to really help all of us in our own discipleship as well as helping people find a place of connection. And so we will begin very shortly in the next little while, 
some discipleship training for that team and that uh, if you're here and you'd say, I want to be in a place where I can be a mentor and feel equipped to be a mentor, we have a sign-up sheet in the back. We would love for you to be a part. We're brainstorming what this is going to look like right now, so you will likely have some input on what that is going to look like. So it, at the conclusion of service, during our bratwurst and burger time, stop back in the back. Jenny Holland will be back there where the sign-up sheet is. Jenny, stand up real quick so people, if they don't know who you are, they'll know who you are. There's Jenny. She'll be back in the back, and uh, she's helping to facilitate this as well as being a part of that leadership team. So will you let us know that you'd like to be a part of that, and uh, we all want to grow together in the Lord. Amen? Key there, grow together in the Lord. That sounds like a good thing. So I want to encourage you in that area. Then I just want to do what I didn't do last week, and that is to give you a quick update on the building. Okay, so we're going to make this as quick as possible. Uh, Larry Schlebon, a couple of the other guys, they have a little handout like this. I'm sure I didn't make enough copies, so if we do one copy per family, that's going to make sure that everybody gets a copy. This may generate some questions. If it generates questions, there are four emails down at the bottom. You can choose any one of those four emails, shoot your question to us, and we'll put together a frequently asked questions with the answers, and we will publish those, okay? So that's forthcoming. Let me just, I'm just going to do the best I can to read through this. So it says, Hillside Christian Fellowship Promise Center status update and short briefing. This is a brief update on our building, the HCF Promise Center on 15815 Southeast 135th Avenue, Clackamas 97015. Its purchase, its architectural plans, its permits with the county, and the finances to date. Through our Heart for the House capital campaign, as a fellowship, we have raised over the past year and a half $177,841.56. Give yourselves a hand. That's exciting. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. This amount is above and beyond our regular tithes and offerings. To date, we have spent on our architects, our engineers, and there are three levels of engineering, from structural engineering to seismic engineering to, believe it or not, landscape engineering. Uh, so our engineers and the county, we've spent about 45500 Our architectural plans are complete. All three aspects of the engineering calculations and plans are complete. We are but literally one signature away from permits. So that's, yeah, that's very, very exciting. That's very exciting. Regarding the building itself, we are awaiting our attorney's response to a briefing prepared by Hillside Christian Fellowship relating to our final transactions, paperwork with the state of Oregon, and with the assemblies district. Our attorneys have reviewed our packet in detail and will have a response in writing to us in the next five to seven business days. They've had our briefing for about six weeks. I talked with him three weeks ago, about two weeks ago, and he gave me verbal direction on what's next. I, I explained to him, that's beautiful, but we want it in writing to please send it to us in writing. That was on a Thursday afternoon, and he was heading out for vacation on Saturday. So he said his... Uh, legal secretary would not get it to us until he returned back from vacation. 
We think he got back on Friday this past week, so we expect within the next five business days to have a response, and we'll move forward. So it says, upon receipt, we will proceed with all aspects of the necessary paperwork for the final transactions, for the purchase, and the signatures with the county. So how to pray at this point? We are in what I would call a pause mode. If you've watched a movie on your TV and you needed to take a popcorn break and go to your microwave and pop your popcorn and you pause the movie and everything freezes there on the movie, that's kind of where we are with all aspects. There are at least four different things that need to happen for us to kick the unpause button. We think those will all come to fruition by this coming Friday. So that's exciting. So you be praying in that regard. But it says how to pray at this point. Some have asked. First, pray for simplicity from our attorneys. A simple step one, step two, step three, etc. In terms of action steps with our uh, three legal relational aspects with the assemblies, with the state of Oregon, and with Arndt Machinery. Secondly, pray for J.D. Arndt as he makes transition with his business and his personal life. And finally, pray for God's continued favor as the final details are worked through. So, if that generates some questions, which I hope it does, we would invite you to send your questions to any one of the four emails down at the bottom, myself, Pastor Dennis, Pastor Matt, or Josh Sammons, who is one of our uh, stewardship uh, team leaders there. And so if you have any questions, those questions will be eventually disseminated to all four of us. We'll meet with the eldership. We'll answer those questions very rapidly, and we will produce a frequently asked questions sheet, publish it so everyone has that, and we'll do our best to make sure that you are well informed. Do you feel a little more informed than you did maybe last week? Raise your hand if that's you. Yes. Okay, good. So things are moving forward. I would like to say to you that we're uh, moving into a building in the next XYZ time. I just don't have that answer yet. People have asked, when do you think we'll be in? We've heard things like, well, we hope to be in by Easter. That was last year and even really the year before. So I'd like to say in redundancy, the school of redundancy school, we'd like to be in Easter again. Anyway, we're going to be moving forward very rapidly, though, uh, with uh, demolition and those kinds of things. So. Amen. Well, with that being said, it gives me great pleasure this morning to introduce to you uh, Rachel. Rachel is married to Gary Wallace, and so Rachel Wallace, she is, I have her official title, uh, she is the development coordinator, but what she told me is she actually is known as Mama Bear. <laughs> and uh, so... Will you give a warm hillside welcome, Teen Challenges, Mama Bear. She's going to come and introduce. Good morning, hillside. How are you doing? Good. All right. Uh, do any of you here have uh, dogs or like dogs? Good. Good. Well, I want you to know that my husband, Gary, over there loves me because I think he thinks dogs are okay, but I love dogs. And uh, right now, we have many dogs because I love dogs. So we brought uh, one with us, a chocolate lab, little overweight buddy, and we have a, a yellow lab that was uh, 142 pounds, and we put him on a diet, and I think he's a nice lean 130 pounds now. 
And then we have a fawn, a Great Dane. She's about three years old, and uh, she's a pretty big girl. But we have a new addition of a, a, a little dog that needed a home. He needed a home, Dave. And uh, he's also a Great Dane, and he's about three foot tall at the withers, which is his shoulders. And then he's got another half foot with his head. The family he was at before, he had a trick that he could do, which was he could wipe out a dozen cookies off the top of the microwave with one fell swoop. So we've been retraining him. And uh, I love my husband because yesterday he spent most of the day, our doggy door, I don't know how those big, fat, overweight, tall, huge, great Danes and labs get through. This thing is only like this tall. And they have rubbed the part of the, the side of it out because they're so fat. And so my husband built a much taller Great Dane and uh, lab <laughs> doggy door than an 8-foot, 350-pound man could get through that doggy door. So I know my husband loves me. Thank you, dear. Okay. All right. I'm going to get back to business now. Okay. I just want to see. All right. I want to thank Pastor Dave for inviting us. It's always a pleasure to come here. He just, he makes me grin when I see him. He just, he's got that big, you know, that big smile, and he's just like a big teddy bear, but he's a warrior, you know? And uh, you guys have a really great pastor. I appreciate the worship this morning. And uh, we could not do this ministry without people like you. And many of you, do you know about Teen Challenge? Okay, some of you do. So I'm going to just give you a real short little uh, few minutes about Teen Challenge. I'm going to share a scripture with you, tell you a short story, and then we're going to go. So uh, as many of you uh, already know, Teen Challenge was founded in 1958 by David Wilkerson. He was an Assemblies of God pastor. I think he weighed about 130 pounds. He was six foot two or three. Uh, he lived in a, a rural Pennsylvania church, very small, but he started working among the street gang members and socially marginalized people in New York City. And you may be familiar with the book, The Fox and the Switchblade. Any of you read that? Oh, this is a good crowd. Okay. So our mission statement and purpose is to provide youths, adults, and families with effective and comprehensive Christian faith-based solution to life-controlling problems such as substance abuse in order to become productive members of society. So by applying biblical principles, we help students to endeavor to become mentally sound, emotionally balanced, socially adjusted, and physically well and spiritually alive. So we presently have over 240 centers in the United States, and we have over 1,200 in 102 countries. So David Wilkerson did a pretty good job, didn't he? And we're, of course, a part of the best region in all of the United States, which is the Pacific Northwest region, which covers five states. We have Alaska, Idaho, Montana, Oregon, and Washington. Okay, so recently we moved into a large new building in Portland uh, on 92nd Avenue. We actually purchased a huge Ukrainian church, 16,000 feet. We're presently sharing that with our administration. And we love them, and they love us, but they, they want their own place, and I think they're working on that, and so we'll have some more square footage, and, and uh, it has been a privilege to be with them, and there are many benefits to that, but we are a little tight in our space. <laughs> if you come to visit us, you'll see we are very creative in our offices, <laughs> believe me. Uh, it's never a dull moment there. 
We also have 12 thrift stores that are located uh, throughout the region, and we have um, about 50% of the ministry revenue comes from the thrift stores, and we really appreciate that. Uh, we have 60 students or more that work in those thrift stores and learn vocational education from them. We also have Hope Outreach. Have any of you heard of Hope Outreach? I'm telling you something new. Okay. Hope Outreach is a new exciting ministry that's located in our, our newest thrift store on 82nd Avenue. And it is set up for, a, it's a walk-in ministry for homeless and people who are living on the streets. And it provides research and, and resources and spiritual help for them. And uh, they are almost there. They got it almost completed. I want to share a scripture with you and just a short story, and then I want to uh, introduce a young man to come up. Uh, I want to share with you Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that blows in the wind. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. This is the sentence I want you to remember. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. But the way of the sinners will perish. And I see this every day in Teen Challenge. I was teaching a class on prayer and devotion a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about all the prayers that God has answered. And I'm, I asked if there were some prayers that God had answered. And the one young man, um, his name is Jason. I'm sorry, I'm going to embarrass him. And you'll see him later because he's one of our sponsorship students. This man came into the program with an alcohol and meth addiction. His life was totally messed up. His wife also has addictions. He had two children. Everything in his life was messed up. But he decided to come into the program. And a month after he was in the program, he's praying for a safe place for his two children because they are not in a good place. And a month after he was there, he had to go to court. And his wife was there, and she's crying and begging him to come home. And he said, no, I've got to do this. I have to do the right thing. That's what righteous people do. He came back to the program. He said it was the hardest thing he's ever done in his life. And he kept praying. He prayed for his children. Do you know where his children are right now? His pastor stepped up, and he's caring for his children right now because the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. And he started to pray for his wife. And he said, if you knew my wife, she's not the kind that's going to go to Teen Challenge. But he said, I'm praying that she'll go to Teen Challenge. And guess what? He gets a call, and she's in Teen Challenge in California. And then he started to pray that God would save her. See, the, the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. And he got a call the other day that he, she had accepted Jesus into her heart. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. And so I want to encourage you. You may be weary in well-doing, and you may be in a situation that doesn't make any sense, and it's not fair, and you're hurting, and you may be in pain in your finances or whatever it is. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. 
And that's what we do here in Teen Challenge. We give them a safe place. It's a chaotic place, isn't it? It's a crazy place. There are days you walk in there and go, I want to go back home. But they're stuck there. But it's a good place. Even though it's chaotic, it's a place where if they really want to change their lives, they will leave there changed. And so you make that possible. And we appreciate that and we thank that. Thank you for that. And I want to ask uh, if James, he's our first victim this morning. Now, if Gary and I had biological children, you following here? If we had biological children, I think this would pretty much be what they would look like right here. Yes. Good morning, church. So God is good. That's right. So, um, my name is James, and I am from a small town in Palmer, Texas, and I was raised in a Christian home with two older sisters and a mom and dad that uh, raised me as best as they could, and uh, they took me to church and my sisters to church every Sunday and Wednesday night, and, um, and uh, I always went to church and stuff, but I, I never had a relationship with God. I uh, I always had, like, my mom's faith and my dad's religion, and, uh, and I thought I knew who God was, and uh, I thought I was good. You know, I got saved when I was a little kid, and, and I, so uh, I went to church for friends pretty much. Uh, I never went to church for God, and uh, I was homeschooled as a child, and, uh, and so I didn't have much friends except for friends around my neighborhood, and uh, they weren't Christians at all. They weren't the same as the kids at church, and uh, I had a, had a want to be accepted and that. And so I was hanging out with my friends in uh, the neighborhood and stuff, and uh, their parents partied, and so we'd sneak beers from them, and uh, a couple of them would give us cigarettes, and be like, oh, you got to start sometime. So uh, so that was at the age of 10, and that very uh, very fastly progressed into uh, cocaine and meth by the age of 15. I was doing, doing pretty much everything. And then uh, speed up time to about uh, 21, I was getting uh, off of probation for three years for a felony I caught when I was 18. So uh, during that time, I had to stop pretty much doing, doing drugs that could show up on uh, drug tests. And so I started doing a lot of hallucinogens and uh, going to clubs and uh, selling, selling drugs at clubs. And uh, there I met a, a girlfriend, that, uh, or my ex, and... Um, I dated her for a while, and uh, I thought I loved her. I thought I was going to marry her, have kids, the whole nine yards. But there was a big problem. We didn't have Jesus in our lives. Uh, we, we partied. We cheated on each other. And we just, we, we weren't good, you know. I thought it was good, but it wasn't. It was miserable. And so I broke it off, like, right right after I got off probation. And, and I just went downhill. I was like, I'm not living for anything no more. I don't want a girlfriend. I don't want, want to live. Like, I'm done. I hated God. I was mad at God. And, uh. And so I just started using drugs. I started using every day, but the amount that I was using just, just picked up. I woke up and went and got cocaine. I, uh, I just didn't care anymore. And so my family and my parents saw that, you know, I was going downhill real quick. And they said, James, you need, you need help. You need, you need to change your life. You need, uh, you need to go to Teen Challenge. And so at that point, I said, okay, I'll go to Teen Challenge. And this was in East Texas. And uh, I stayed there for about a month before I got kicked out for fighting. And, um, and I got a long driveway, and as I'm going down the driveway, I, tears are rolling down my eyes because I knew, knew the pain and the misery I was going back to, the, dark, the darkness I was going back to. Um, and, uh, and so I left there. I went back to my parents' house, 
And, uh, and very, very quickly after that, I started shooting up meth for about the last three years of my life. And, uh, and that was probably probably the worst time ever. Just, uh, just, I was still mad and hated God and didn't want anything to do with him. And then uh, my dad sat me down and he said, look, I'm moving to Oklahoma for a new job. Uh, I'm giving the house to your sister. You can't stay here. Uh, and you're not going with us, you know, so you're either going to get kicked out. And he knew I didn't have any friends that would take me in. I had drug friends, but they don't, they don't want this. They don't have anything for me, you know. So uh, he's like, you're going to be homeless or you're going to go to Teen Challenge in Oregon. He's like, I know the, uh, the main guy, Gary, there, so he sent me over there. So uh, he's like, it's a good place. Uh, they'll get you help. And, I mean, that was scary for me because I was like, I didn't want to go there and fail again, you know, and then I'd be homeless in Oregon, didn't know anybody. So I, that's pretty, pretty scary. So uh, I took the whole year, because he had a year to move. And so I took the whole entire year. I told him, you know, I'm not going. Just kick me out. I don't want any God. I don't, I don't want anything of him. Like, I, just kick me out now. I'm done for, you know. And um, so I took about the whole year. I realized I was about to be on the streets. I had about a month left to figure it out. And, uh, and so I finally ended up giving in and saying, okay, I'll go. And I got clean for a week. I couldn't get really clean longer than that. <laughs> I'd uh, be fiending too bad. But anyways, so I got on the plane. I came came to Oregon, Portland, Oregon, and enrolled in Teen Challenge. And for about the first month, I was still fighting God. I didn't didn't want to give in. I didn't want to let him, let him change me. But I was broken, and I was hurt. And you can't fight God. If anybody here has ever fought God or told him no, like he's not going to leave you alone, and you're not going to win. Like you're eventually going to have to give in and let him, let him have his way with you. That's, you know, so... So one night in chapel, we have chapel at our center. So one night at chapel, we, I, uh, I just felt God tugging at my heart really hard, and and uh, and I just couldn't fight anymore. I was done, you know. I was, I lived like my from ten, I'm 26 now. So I lived 15 years high and then just miserable. And so I, I got on the ground and put my face in the ground and and said, Okay, God, I give you control. I give you everything. Like, uh, like I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the way uh, the way I'm living, you know, like I know that you're the way, and uh, I know you're the truth, and all that. And so, from that point on, God's really been changing my life. He's really been been giving me a peace and a joy that I can't explain. Like like people, like I'll work, be working with somebody that'll come into the store, they'll be like, "Hey, why are you so happy?" I'll be like, "Jesus Christ," you know, like, "Hey." <laughs> and so, saying that, I've got a couple scriptures I want to read. Uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And I guarantee you I have a hope for my future, that this, when this season's over, God's going to open doors for me. And uh, I just want to live for God. I have no reason to live for my flesh anymore, to be selfish. So, you know, i got one more I want to read, and that is Psalms 37, 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, I used to think that, that I could get saved, and then he would give me cars and women and clothes and everything like, you know, your flesh wants and desires. Well, uh, when I got here, that just, the, the Holy Spirit just started, like, I, I came across it, and the Holy Spirit just started showing me stuff on that. And it's like, when you get, start desiring, when you start giving yourself completely to the Lord and give all your things up, then your desires become 
the things of Jesus Christ. You don't want the things of the flesh anymore. You want you want Jesus Christ. You want you want His will to be done, you know. And uh, and so that's what I. Uh, that's, those are my desires. And so I'm going to leave you with that and make you think about what your desires are. Thank you. My name is James Day. And now we have Eric. Good morning, family. I think this is how you use one of these things, isn't it? A little closer? Thank you. I'll hold it right there. Thank you, James. That was great. The only thing missing, I think, is a fabulous mustache. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a little story to tell you here. Uh, as I was going to bed one night, a little thought bubble popped up in the back of my mind, and I known that... Uh, if I just roll over and go back to sleep, the thought that was in my mind, I, I would lose it, and by morning, I, I wouldn't have it any longer, and uh, the words, they rhymed, so I thought, well, I'd better write this down, so I got up and grabbed a notebook and went and sat down, and I started writing down the words, and one word followed another, followed another, followed another until it filled the page, and I looked at what had been written, and it scared me. It was dark. It reminded me of a relapse. I named it relapse. I didn't want anybody else to see it. It was, it was terrible. It was evil. So I buried it. I put it away, and I, I began praying for a, for a balance to it because even though it was evil, you know, it was, there was something about it that just drew me, and uh, I knew it was good in a way. Something about it was good. I began praying for the other side, for another half, and one night as I was laying down to go to sleep, a little thought bubble came up in the back of my mind. And I thought, this is it. Praise God. I grabbed my notebook. I went and I sat down. I started writing down the words, and they also rhymed. And it, it just poured out onto the paper, and I, I named it Prevention. And uh, the two together were relapse prevention. And I can be a little slow on the uptake. I realized that uh, when I read the two together one day, it was my testimony. And uh, so I took relapse prevention name off of it, and I named it The Sea. It goes like this. It's come with me, and you will see a sea of pain again, all over and over and over again. The pain will never end. I will tear you asunder and plunder your soul till nary a sparkle remains. My name is Booze, and you're going to lose if ever you tangle your hand in my mane. I am a spirit of wanton destruction, Giving birth to kill is my plan, so your kin can come with me, and you will see a sea of pain again, all over and over and over again. The pain will never end. Ephesians 5, 13 and 14 tell us, and when all things are brought out to the light, then their true nature is clearly revealed. For anything that is clearly revealed becomes light. That is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, and rise from death, and Christ will shine on you. For upon that sea the sun did shine with a beam of light so true, cutting through beyond a surgeon's skill to the pain right where it grew. To be set free, it is God's will, a life restored and a mind renewed. So come with me upon his sea and see what he can do. Your kin will find a comfort there. The Holy Spirit, he's called. When you set your sails upon God's sea and sail to your heavenly call.
Thank you, family. Challenge is a faith-based drug and alcohol recovery program with the power to change lives. When I was a teenager, uh, I was rebellious and started using drugs experimentally, which ultimately led to a 13-year addiction to opiates. After countless tries to quit on my own and get my life back, I decided to enroll myself into Adult and Teen Challenge in Portland. I've learned that God forgives us no matter what. He has amazing grace, and ultimately He forgives you for everything. I now have high hopes for my future, I have my life back, and a great career opportunity ahead of me. Graduating from Adult and Teen Challenge is not an easy accomplishment. This is a life-changing discipleship program. Our students are faced with spiritual battles on a daily basis, and every encouragement makes a difference. We want to invite you to be a part of their success. We want to invite you to become a student sponsor. When you sponsor a student at Adult and Teen Challenge, you're partnering with an individual who's becoming a new creation. When you sign up, we will assign you to one of our students and send you a photo and profile of the student that you will be sponsoring. Every few months, you will receive an update about your student's progress so you can continue to pray for them and see that beyond your financial support, you are helping to change their life. You'll have opportunities to meet and encourage a student at Adult and Teen Challenge events. And when your student completes the program, you will receive a personal invitation to attend and celebrate at their completion ceremony. Most of all, we urge you to write and encourage your student. Your letters will remind them that someone cares and that their community supports them. Your prayers will help move the mountains in their path and help them stay focused on their journey towards freedom. Many students say that the letters and notes they received gave them hope and encouragement at just the right time. The first time I received a card from my sponsor was on a day that I was ready to give up and quit the program. Reading that card gave me the encouragement I needed to stay in the program and keep going. Knowing that people were out there praying for me besides just my family gave me the encouragement to press on. The cost to provide housing, counseling, and other recovery services to a student in our program is over $2,500 each month. Most students could never afford to pay that out of pocket. So our ministry is supported by gifts from friends and family, our vocational training programs, and the generous support of donors like you. For $35 per month, you can sponsor a student and your entire gift will help provide recovery services to your student. By committing just $35 a month, you can help to change the life and future of a Teen Challenge student. To become a student sponsor, simply fill out a sign-up form or give us a call to start supporting a student at your local Adult and Teen Challenge campus today. Hey, good morning. Hey, thank you so much for having us here today. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about our sponsorship program. Uh, first of all, I'll introduce you to our uh, current sponsorship students. If you guys just want to stand up, maybe. Right? Praise God. Um, so I have a guy who has uh, just finished his sponsorship program, actually. He has a few words he'd like to share, a letter that he received from his sponsor. Uh, would you like to come up, Brandon? 
My name is Brandon. A few months ago, I was given the opportunity to stand in front of my home church, who I've known for like 17 years, and uh, ask for their forgiveness for a lot of stuff that I had done that affected them. And uh, it was about two weeks before I had this opportunity, and it was just like the floodgates of hell just opened up on me. And fear, doubt, thoughts of worthlessness, anxiety just like began to flood over me. And I was, I was overwhelmed. And eight days before that, I got home from work, and it was a day of judgment and criticism. And I was like, I'm done. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. And um, it was actually Jonah handed me this letter, and he said, hey, we've had this for a few days. It's been busy. Sorry, we forgot to give it to you. And I opened it up, and on the front, there's some purple butterflies. You know, like that's the first thing I see when I get home from work, and I just, I couldn't help but smile. I mean, I've never got a card with purple butterflies on it before, you know? <laughs> like, and, uh, and then I opened it up, and uh, it says, when we were at the banquet recently, I thought if we could pick someone to sponsor, we'd pick you. But then God had me think, just let me choose for you. So we went up to the booth and asked to sponsor a student and said, it's up to you. But, and it says, whoo on the card, we got you after all. We hope things are going well for you. And it is a very challenging program that you are in, and God is in charge. And he will be by your side through it all. You are precious to him. You are chosen, and he has great plans for you. Your name is written on his hands. We are praying for you, and we love you. These are people that have never met me before. I didn't have the opportunity to meet them at banquet. They, don't, they didn't know the struggle that I was going through, but God put it on their heart to write me a letter. And I'm standing before you today because I was encouraged on a day like the lady said in the video that I was ready to quit. I was ready to walk away. So sponsorship, to me, it's about the encouragement. It's about some of us don't have family that is standing behind us. And that's what it's about, knowing that someone else is there to pray for you and to just be there when you need them the most. So, thanks. Amen. You know, uh, a lot of us uh, come into this program pretty broken. We've uh, been battling addiction for years and years. Um, uh, you come in, um, you know, the cost of this program uh, to house and, and to... Um, to mentor these guys is $2,500 a month. Uh, most of us, after uh, burning so many bridges throughout our addictions, really have no way of affording that, that, that cost. Um, so, you know, uh, these guys, they work in our thrift stores. We run three thrift stores out of the Portland campus alone, and um, they are, they're able to earn uh, half the money that, that it would take to house them. Uh, the rest of it uh, comes from uh, support from friends and family if they have it. If not, uh, it, becomes, it comes from the church body, people like you that uh, choose to sponsor a student. Uh, the cost to sponsor a student is about $35 a month. Um, what, what does sponsorship entail? Well, um, you'll have uh, opportunities to pray for your student, uh, to really be a prime example of uh, what the body of Christ is about. You know, um, you'll get um, progress updates every couple of months just telling you where your student's at, how you can pray for them, um, where they're growing spiritually, maybe uh, where they could use a little extra support. Um, you know, you're always welcome to send letters or uh, packages to your student. Uh, you'll be invited to any public events that Teen Challenge holds. 
And uh, importantly is your, is your financial support. Uh, like I said, uh, it, can be, uh, it can be a struggle to, uh, to go through a program and, and also have to worry about the financial end of things. So it, it's really uh, an awesome program. You get, you get it on both sides. You get to help these guys out financially, and you can also pray for them. You can, you can really encourage them. Um, I went through the, the program. I graduated in March of last year. I'm a student intern right now about four months in, and uh, I was in the sponsorship program. It was uh, an amazing encouragement to have uh, people that I didn't know speaking life into me, uh, just uh, helping me and guiding me on my path, uh, just uh, building that solid foundation in Jesus Christ. Um, you know, uh, at Team Calvin, hope is renewed as men no longer conform to the patterns of their addictions. Freedom is found as the lives <coughs> are, cha are transformed by Jesus Christ. And by the grace of God, changed lives leave here through faith in Jesus Christ. And those lives of men and women, they live it abundantly because of Jesus Christ. Um, if you have any questions, uh, come and see either me or, or Donovan uh, at our sponsorship booth after the program. We would love to, uh, to just uh, answer any questions you have. If you'd like to sign up for a sponsorship, you can talk to any one of these guys. Not everybody's going to have a chance to share, but we all have a testimony of the power, transforming power of Jesus Christ, and we'd love to share it with you. We'd love to pray with you. Um, and uh, I guess, uh, yeah, next uh, we have Kenny, if he wants to come up and uh, share a little bit. Thank you guys so much. Hello. There was more people here than I'd anticipated. Hallelujah. My name is Kenny, and God is great. Um, I love words. Why do you love words, Kenny? Let me tell you. They are the most powerful thing we got next to the power of free will. And, I mean, God spoke the world into existence. Let there be light and all that. Uh, the Bible is called the Word, and it's more powerful than the sharpest two-edged sword. And uh, Proverbs 18.21 says that uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it eat its fruit. And I just, I love words. They're awesome. But with all that, I'll give you this. Uh, it says, as of late, I'm having thoughts that got my mind off balance. I didn't sell my soul, but sold my rights to team challenge. On a mission to find God, this journey is surely hard. But then I had a vision of a blind carpenter I could not disregard. He was hard at work, but not hardly flapping his jaw. Then he said to me, can't you, as I do, see that God is real, as he would saw? In came a mute and a deaf man, too, prior to me realizing my perception of our natural senses was misconstrued. The mute then asked if I had ever observed the word. When I said no, the deaf man said, what I'm hearing is absurd. I brought things to a halt to reassess the situation. If you blind, deaf, and mute, how you hearing, singing, and saying? Then God said, so you can hear me. See what I'm saying? And that's that one. Uh, um, I gave my life to the Lord on uh, April 21st. And uh, when I see people praying, I thought it would just come naturally. Didn't. And uh, so I, I figured I would write a letter to the Lord asking him to relieve me of that problem. And as I started, just like Eric, things started to rhyme. And so I just ran with it. And it goes like this. It says, God, almighty, most high and most righteous, made mankind unique, nobody else like us. But with good comes bad, that's the way I was told, and that right there is where the devil comes in, the serpent of old. Satan, Lucifer, also known as the chief demon, tempting you while you're awake or in your sleep dreaming, the opposite of nice. In fact, he's the meanest, 
But to him that's making sense and seeing your meanness. Father, I know you already know who moved us. And Jesus, we just ask for our daily bread of knowledge. Feed us from the oldest of souls to the youngest to feed us. With you on our team, can't nobody but feed us. Eternal life within you, what an amazing pathway. With God on my side, I fear no man and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But regarding Jesus, if you don't believe this, the New Testament reads this. It's his roster. The most holy of men and the coldest of doctors. He died for our sins and loves each and every one of us forever, never reneging his offer. Even there for the mocker, the fool, and the scoffer. Whether or not you're a scholar, open your eyes, look around. There is a lot to see. You can read the Old Testament and keep prophecy. Lord, Father, we are all your children, yes. So hurting the lost souls from the wilderness. Soften our hearts and open our ears for all to hear the word of God. The end is near. For Messiah came and rose from the dead. I can't wait to come home, but not to my bed. But to the kingdom of heaven, like Jesus said. I truly believe in my heart that it's not just all in my head. And historically, yes, there is evidence, but I don't need it. I believe it. He is heaven sent. So for him and his sacrifice, I am reverent to he who defies all elements, does things the opposite of for the hell of it. Study the word of God and tell of it. Don't tell me applicable scriptures are relevant. Between righteous and evil, you can tell what's bad by the despicable smell of it. We are all human, so he knows that we may have all fell a bit, but God will strengthen our legs as to lessen it. So in all that you do, try to seek what the lesson is. Let sin be the thing you use anger and aggression with. When all you see is bad news on the television, that's the devil's vision. God is confused, thinking that bad is good and good just isn't. But try and spread love and live like Christ. You don't need to bleed or walk on water. Just be nice. Remember what he said about eternal life? Heaven is too great of a concept for us to understand it. It's not of this world. It's too good for this planet. But God put it here, so we must bloom where we're planted. So give thanks and praise God and don't take life for granted. It really isn't that long and we only have one. So live it up and have fun in the name of the prodigal son. Amen. Thank you.
tired and you're thirsty, there is freedom, give it all to Jesus, there is freedom, give your all to Jesus, there is freedom. Jesus reigns in this place, showers of mercy and grace, is falling on every face, there is freedom, freedom reigns, freedom reigns in this place, showers tired and you're thirsty, there is freedom, give it all to Jesus, there is freedom, 
thank you. Almost brings a tear to my eye to watch those guys walk by because uh, when they're walking by, every one of them is a story, you know. And uh, although freedom is found here, and I believe in the power of Jesus Christ to change lives, it's not a straight line. It's not easy. These guys are in battle for their lives. They're working. They're learning. The Lord is drawing them, and it's it's just a joy to be with them. I can't think of anything I'd rather do in my life. In fact, I had a pastor one time. I was helping a church in the interim for their youth pastor, and, and he had started a ministry to inner-city kids, and they were running bus services, and I'm doing all these things for weeks. For a couple of months, I was doing this, and I told the pastor one day, he says, man, I do not envy this guy his job. And he looked at me kind of funny because I was at Teen Challenge. He said, well, Gary, not everybody envies your job either. You know, I thought, how could you not love this? You know, this is the best job in the world. But uh, it's not, it's, it's a good work. I'm thankful for the invitation today. We appreciate uh, this church and your pastor, Dave Morris. Uh, he's become a personal hero of mine, and I mean that. Uh, the guy loves God with all his heart. He's, he's a man of the word. He's very gifted in sharing and teaching. And he loves you guys. I mean, he really loves his church. He loves people. And I've never seen a guy with quite as much energy as he has. He's just a dynamo. Good guy. Thank you, Pastor. And uh, enjoyed the worship today. Very good. I just want to close with a couple of scriptures. And, and uh, I'm going to read out of Isaiah chapter 9 for just a moment. Uh, I'm in my devotions and I'm in the prophets. And i got to be honest with you, I think the prophets are my favorite part of the Bible. I mean, I love the Gospels, and I know there's a lot of stuff. When I read these guys, these guys stood against the tide in their time. And they stood for God alone. They didn't stand, they, weren't, they didn't have a political agenda. You know, they weren't standing for anything else but God alone. They, they didn't have an axe to grind. They just wanted to please God and share His Word with other people. And I appreciate that. They weren't part of any political party. They weren't part of any, any grouping or anything like that. They just stood alone for the Lord, and they spoke out against the day. And uh, in, in Isaiah, I was reading this week, and in chapter 9, he says, But there was no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter times, he has made glorious the way of the sea, uh, uh, the way of the sea, the land beyond Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. And, of course, if you're a scholar of the Bible, I immediately thought of Matthew where he said uh, this prophecy was about Jesus coming from Galilee where he came from, and, and it's looking at the future. But prophecy is a funny thing. These men of God, at the time this prophecy was given, Zebulun and Naphtali were on the brink of disaster. The Assyrian army was on its way. They, and the prophet Isaiah was saying, you guys are about to catch it. And they did catch it. And Zebulun and Naphtali are in the far north. They were in the direct path of this invading army. It was going to be the first stop on the way to, to uh, Samaria. Sometimes the prophecies of God, the word of God, does not seem exactly like you would think it was. I love to read the, pro the, the promises in the Bible. I, I usually don't put lines and marks in my Bible because sometimes the Lord wants to say some things to me that aren't my favorite feel-good scriptures, okay? Oh, he really does. And so if it's all marked up, I go to those parts and jump over the others. But, but he says a lot of things to us. He's given us promises of all kinds. We know that eventually this prophecy was fulfilled. In the day of Jesus... 
they have an understanding. We have an eschatology. You know, we know how things are supposed to work out. We really do. We have it all worked out. Well, they had one in the days of Jesus, you know. They knew exactly what was going to happen, and they were waiting for the Messiah to come and throw Rome away and put Israel back on the map, and they were going to be great. And when Jesus claimed to be Messiah, everybody thought, all right, here we go. But even they didn't understand what he was doing exactly. Even after his resurrection, the disciples says, you're going to start the kingdom now? I mean, when is this happening? We're ready to go. And we're, we're the same way. I don't know about you. I studied eschatology. We had prophecy teachers all the time. And from the time I was in high school and heard guys come through and went to a Bible college, we just all knew that the great Satan was the, the USSR. You know, I mean, that was all prophecies going to be fulfilled in those guys, you know. They're the great Satan. And, and we just, boy, we ate that up. And then they fell apart. And we said, wait, 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 wait a minute, you know. We had to relook. I just want to say this. There's a couple of promises in the Bible. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11, we referred, referred to earlier. He knows the plans he has for us. Declares the Lord, plans for welfare and for, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Uh, he said in Psalm 37, someone else uh, quoted earlier, verse 23, the steps of the men are established by the Lord. Uh, he delights in his way. These promises are great. But the scripture in, in Jeremiah was written on the brink of disaster once again. And they're about to face terrible times, and yet, and yet the Lord says, I have plans for you. So I just want to say all that to say this. Sometimes our life does not work out the way we want. And sometimes those scriptures of prophecy, those promises of future, can really haunt us. But I have learned that when God tells us something, it's a fact. And these prophecies came to teach us faith in God. He has a plan for our lives. He has a plan for you today, no matter who you are. He has a hope for your future. And everything may not work out the way you plan, but you're making a mistake if you throw in the towel and say, this isn't worth it. The Lord has never failed me. And I'm telling you, it has not been a straight line to get here. And I've gone through a lot of pain and trials and issues in my life that I don't want to go through again. But I can never say God was unfaithful. I can never say he didn't take care of me. And I like to believe that my life in the future will be different and better than it is today because he's not through. My steps are ordered. So today if you struggle and you're saying to yourself, maybe you've made terrible mistakes, maybe you've fallen, maybe you've turned your back on the Lord. You say it can't happen now. Those prophecies were written to people who were away from God. And he said, part of this process is going to be your return. You're going to come back when God's going to plant your feet. And I have learned this. He's taken the pain of my past, the things I've gone through, the hurts and discouragements that I've gone through, and he uses them to help people today. He's taken the pains and the abuse and the, and the craziness and the addictions of our guys, and he turns it around. Is it God's will for people to use drugs? Of course not. But is God able to take their past? Yes, he gives them compassion for other people, and they want to help others when their heart's turned around and serving God. So no matter where you find yourself today, I want to assure you, Almighty God loves you. I tell this to our guys. He loves us, and he has a plan for us. And faith, that even when I don't see that coming to pass, I believe it, and I know he'll take care of me. Thank you today. We appreciate you. Glad to be here. I'm going to turn this over to Pastor Morris. Thank you, brother.
don't know if I've ever been called Pastor Morris. That was awesome. <laughs> Isn't that great? Man, God is good. Yeah, let's give it up for the Lord. Way to go, guys. Good job. Praise God. Well, if you're anything like me, you're probably getting hungry.